Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Covington playing Levine, topside three ball, bam! Onions, baby onions! Zach Levine in the Bulls! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Levine to White, this time he gives it to Williams for three. The rookie! What a shot! Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Are you flat out kidding me? Matt Peck used to do a great job with the Bulls Outsider Show. Now he's doing Locked on Bulls. There he is, human Fulburn. Oh, don't mess with the pooch. But watch this crossover. Bulls bird of free league ghost. So kick back. I'm not. Relax. And get ready for the best hour of your day. Uh, you know, not. You can just see the vibe. And these guys are men. Locked on Bulls starts now. I love it. Pass to Levine with a right-handed jackhammer slam. Oh, my goodness, that was filthy. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. I'm getting out the dancing shoes. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley. Along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley at Bulls underscore Peck and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails. Anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought Brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your next order. Matt, how are you? Happy Thursday to you. Uh, I've been enjoying the NBA playoffs all week long, but I don't think I've been enjoying them as much as I was in the first weekend of action. Um, before we get into some bull stuff, how are you, man? What up, Jordan? What up, Bulls Nation? I mean, I, I, I'm still pretty entertained. I know I think most people would look at some of the matchups uh, from Wednesday night as the the underwhelming ones. Um, but man, how about John Morant, dude? I, I am. I, I know I'm not as heartbroken as my buddy Big Dave, who fell in love with that kid when he first started watching him play in college. Who he, he really wanted the Bulls to to steal John Morant at two in that draft. Um, didn't work out, but 47 in a playoff game. I mean, like, I, you know, I, I think that Utah is going to be able to take control of that series. Obviously, getting Donovan Mitchell back is a big boost for them. But, man, is John Morant fun to watch. Does it change your outlook on the play-in at all? Like, would you argue that the Grizzlies have benefited from having to play in the play-in and already sort of having chemistry down, getting sort of on a roll and catching the Jazz at a weird time. Granted that the Jazz didn't have Donovan Mitchell for game one, but are, do you buy into all any of that at all? Because I feel like that's going to be a conversation we have after the finals is over as we talk about like things that could change over the NBA's course and that being one of them. Yeah, I mean, it certainly adds another wrinkle to the the lead up and hype for for NBA fans for the actual playoffs. But as far as the teams and the players themselves, and maybe you know the, the Grizzlies feel like they had already had you know their medal tested, so to speak, and were able to to win two big games to to punch their ticket to the playoffs. And m- maybe some people would would rather have Steph and the Warriors, um, you know, as as a crazy dangerous eight seed but I think you got to give the the Grizzlies credit for being the team that that made it uh into that final spot and for not only doing that but saying now nah, we're not going to just you know uh 
bend over and say, hey, thanks for letting us be here as the eighth seed. We'll we'll take our execute now. Like they are they are fighting. And you know, John Morant 47 in a losing effort last night to me was kind of, you know, like young Jordan against the Celtics. You know, it's it's not 63, but even in a losing effort, a player that young on a playoff stage doing that is pretty damn impressive. And I don't expect the Grizzlies to win this series. I am a little shocked that they've been playing the Jazz so well. That series, to me, has been a little bit. It's been a little bit less fun to watch than maybe say like the Hawks and the Knicks series. I've actually even enjoyed the as much as it was a blowout last night. I enjoyed watching the Wizards for the most part. It just seems like Russell Westbrook's running out of gas as well. And I I know that's something that we're going to talk about on tomorrow's episode and on our locker room live uh, later is just talking about some of the absurd things that are happening uh, with fans back in the stadium now and it being playoff atmosphere and people just acting like jackasses. So uh, we'll talk about that on the later episode. But for now, I feel like uh, I mean, and we go got ahead. we got to at least quickly talk about the the Knicks evening the series against Atlanta last night, right? I mean, that was the game of the night, in my opinion, of the three games that we saw on Wednesday. I mean, dude, it's it's just awesome. Um, I, I I can't escape my my guy Kendall Gill ragging me about how you know I told him a couple of years back that I didn't want Derrick Rose back on the Bulls for a variety of reasons, and he will not let it go. You know, anytime Derek has a good night, he's he's fucking calling me out on Twitter. But hey, I I, I love seeing Derek have a game like that, uh, a winning effort, twenty six points and a playoff win with you know with his guys Taj and Tibbs alongside. Did did you see some of Taj Gibson's comments after the game, just talking about what it meant to to be in a playoff atmosphere again and winning a playoff game with with Derek and Taj after every uh, I mean with Derek and Tibbs after everything they've been through? It's just awesome to see. Let's uh let's let Bulls fans hear that really fast. Uh, that was super good, man. And quickly before I let you hear the Taj thing, on your point about Derek, dude, Derek Rose has the maturity level in him, and then now being able to voice and be that veteran. You know, like the one thing that we always talked about, he wasn't able to be able to do is communicate to people well at least from his side of things I think his influence and his maturity is insane and it's why the Knicks are so heavily influenced and they're playing well uh but let's hear from Taj because I thought that was fantastic to be honest with you I really can't it's so surreal like I said when I talk to the young guys who wake up and uh they may not know where their, where their, their path is going to lead them or where the game is going to take them just trust your heart don't worry about what nobody's going to say because I sat years ago as a rookie in my second year, maybe my second year, I sat every day with Tibbs after practice and we talked about the Knicks. We talked about the battles. We talked about how great it would be to play them one day. And then for it to come true, and then I'm playing with Derek, who I've been playing with my whole career, and, the, and we have the same familiar faces, but now we're in New York City. God doesn't make any mistakes, man. You just got to follow your path. You just got to believe in yourself. Stay the course. The course is always going to be rocky, but you just got to stay the course and believe in yourself and truly believe, man, because it's some some magical stuff right now. I don't know how to explain it. It's just every day that I come in, it's just, I don't take anything for granted, but every day that I come in, it's just surreal. And you got to pinch yourself because you're playing in the garden. It's one of the toughest places to play, but it's one of the beautifulest places to play when you're on the right, on, when you when you're right. 
we're trying to do some special things here. And uh, right now, we're laying on the groundwork for it. And it's, a, it's an awesome feeling. Very cool. I did see the video, too, which is awesome. And Derek's pregame comments, too. If people want to check that out, you should YouTube it. Uh, just listening to the whole press conference. Sort of eye-opening. And it's weird, Matt, because he did talk about like fans getting shitty with him during heated playoff games and series. And fans booing booing him. And he gave, he gave Trey Young a ton of props he's like you should want that after every game you should want that uh and it was just cool to hear him talk about that for the first time and and i feel like what's been forever he's never really addressed things like that so it's cool to hear that and him support trey young as much as it kills me to watch trey young just ball out with the hawks yeah and and you know it means something extra special to taj knowing where his roots are uh you know taj is a brooklyn native and uh, in, in much the same ways that back when when Joe Keem signed his contract with the Knicks um, after he had left the Bulls, as much as that New York stint didn't work out super well for Joe Keem, and a lot of people crack jokes about you know that ridiculous contract that then Knicks executive Phil Jackson signed him to being a giant waste of money because Joe Keem's body kind of fell apart on him there for a while. Uh, in, in much the same ways because Joe Keem was a New York kid, Taj was a New York kid, And this is the first meaningful basketball we're seeing played at Madison Square Garden in a really long time. And I remember even when I was, you know, in my mid to late 20s living for, you know, a couple years in New York, going to games at Madison Square Garden. um, You know, I I would go to Rangers games if the Blackhawks were in town, but specifically basketball games. If the Bulls were in town to play the Knicks, or even if the Bulls weren't in town, if somebody had Knicks tickets and were offering them up, I would go just because – being at Madison Square Garden for a basketball game that means something, there's just something that's hard to describe about the feeling you get when you're in that building. Um, and, and Bulls fans know the history of some of the epic games that took place in that stadium, the amazing Bulls-Knicks rivalry of the 90s, Michael and Scotty versus Ewing and Starks and Oakley and all of those guys. And it's, it's special. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit later about some of the poor behavior from NBA fans recently in these, you know, stadiums where we're seeing a lot of fans back in buildings that look pretty packed. But that's that's a that's obviously a a bad side effect to this of of fans being back in the stadiums. But just seeing in in both of those first two Knicks Hawks games, the the Madison Square Garden just you know, reverberating like that, fans going nuts, jumping up and down, cheering, roaring of crowds, oohs and ahs on big plays and near misses. I mean, that's the stuff that gets in your bloodstream as a, as a diehard NBA fan, man. And it's just been, it's just been a, an amazing reminder of what that building is and what playoff atmospheres can be like. In this building. It's going to be a cool uh, little case study for them to do and talk to players after the playoffs and the finals are over too. Something that I was thinking about yesterday was like you watched in that third and fourth quarter, that second half when the Hawks struggled to score for like four or five minutes straight and it was pretty much the ball game. You watch that happen and you hear the crowd just get slowly louder and louder and louder and louder. And I was like, you know, players are super affected by this. You can tell it. It's it's jarringly different than it was for a whole entire year of having to play with no fans in the crowd and as much as they pumped in all that crowd noise man it's just not the same as people screaming and yelling and being 
not right on top of you, but sort of right on top of you. It's just a whole different atmosphere, and I think players are trying to get adjusted back to how it and what it's like to play with fans back, and playoff atmosphere is already crazy alone, and you add it with this being the first time that really fans can pack the stadiums in two seasons. Uh, that'll be cool to hear from players on how that was different from what the bubble was like and getting adjusted to that. So uh, you're definitely right. It's going to have impact on all of these series, man. Yeah, and I mean the the shifting of of home court momentum, you know, two games, two games, one, 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 pivotal game fives, things like that. It's just it's going to be awesome that that unlike the bubble last year, which you know we're glad that we got something, if anything, and that they were able to finish their season. But it was weird watching playoff games without the you know the electricity of a of a full building full of fans. Jordan, we got lots more to get to today. First, I want to take uh, a quick time. To remind everybody, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's almost impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why often? Why endure often pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter uh, uh, orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brands their warehouse happens to carry? You've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamp, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much money for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. So it's always great when we get to read sort of an in-depth piece and his in beat writer's opinions. As much as we talked about that yesterday, the way that things are covered, uh, you pointed me in the direction of this Casey Johnson article from NBC Sports Chicago, and it's sort of predicting what he feels will be the moves for the Bulls and the, so every single player on this roster, who's going to stay and who's going to go, and a little bit of synopsis. So I think it's it's only justified that we do the same here, Matt, and we sort of go through the roster a little bit and not necessarily predict whether we think that they're going to stay or go, but use Casey's opinion to decide how big of a factor that's going to be, how big of an impact it's going to have on this team uh, going forward into next season um so i will just let's just go back and forth and we'll just start with let's start with the obvious alpha rucamino uh casey's prediction is that alpha rucamino is staying staying weird and this might just be a this might just be like a cristiano felicio type thing i don't know unless unless he was totally not healthy and in shape when they traded him here and they feel like he can have some sort of impact but I was a little surprised to see that too but again the Bulls aren't going to buy him out with not having a whole ton of cap space to play around with yeah I I know uh, Bulls fans are maybe kind of hopeful that we could see a a wave and stretch scenario here with Aminu uh, if they want to free up a little bit of that money uh, to use elsewhere this offseason because I think it's just over what ten million that he's got on that option he picked up. Yeah, ten point two million. Um, so you could get back six of that for this upcoming season um, if you decided to go the wave and stretch route. It it'll be tough to trade him 
uh, unless you include him in a bigger trade where maybe the Bulls are, are giving up something else uh, to get a team to take them off his hands. But there is, I guess, a somewhat perhaps less likely scenario, which is that he's here and actually contributing with minutes that we really didn't see him contribute at the tail end of this past season when he arrived via trade. He played like a couple, you know, stints in the rotation, his first couple of games, uh, and then basically was a DNPCD up until the, the last stretch of games where I think he logged another couple of minutes here and there. You mentioned the injury. I mean, meniscus tears are no joke, and, and some players recover better from them or faster from them than others. I It looked to me like he wasn't in the best shape when he did get those first couple of games of run with the Bulls when he first arrived. But when he's healthy, um, Aminu has proved to be a very valuable role player in this league. And he's played big minutes for for quality teams, uh, Portland most notably. But he, he could provide some stuff that the Bulls need, like defense and a little bit of depth at the wing, uh, which has been sorely lacking. So maybe not ideal that Bulls fans say, okay, why this dude who didn't play at all after, after we brought him in in a trade, we're paying him $10 million this upcoming season. If if we see a useful Aminu, then maybe him sticking around makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to have that big of an impact either. Uh, it's either way. It's just some depth that you can actually play for once, right? It's like the guys that are sitting 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th on, on your bench. feels like for the last three years, we those guys are pretty much unplayable. And the Bulls have dealt with a ton of injuries as well. So at least you know you have a vet there who can play a little bit of defense. And like Casey notes in this piece, he says Patrick Williams, Troy Brown Jr., he'll be the backup to both of those guys. And then whoever else they add to. So, um, yeah, I feel like if you're looking for any uh, any case here, he could be part of trade deals too at the deadline even next season. And in that contract, helping out to be able to open up other possibilities for the Bulls. Uh, let's go pretty quick here with the go- with the players that are leaving, uh, that Casey predicts are leaving. Uh, that would be Ryan Ar- Archidiakono. This one shouldn't come to a surprise to anybody. It's a team option, $3 million. The Bulls are going to try to save cap space. Agree or disagree? Yeah, agree. Love Archie, but that's an easy $3 million to clear to put to better use. I mean, it doesn't go without even saying. Cristiano Felicio, Casey's got him going. Of course he's going. Honestly, man, I could see him retiring. Enjoy the beautiful beaches of Brazil, buddy. Seriously. Um, one that I was a little bit surprised by, but I don't know why, uh, Javante Green. I think this is just more so that the Bulls, he's a restricted free agent, and he didn't, I don't know, there wasn't really a role for him here. And again, trying to save roster spots, trying to play with as much money as they can. I don't know. He just doesn't seem like a player that fits what the Bulls are trying to do right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he flashed his athleticism in a couple of, you know, meaningless games towards the end of the season when the Bulls were resting other guys. And he does have that. The the dude is definitely freak athlete um that that you you know can can wow you in transition on both ends of the floor, chase down blocks and getting out and running and, and completing fast breaks. And he's fun, but I don't think he's a well rounded enough player. The Bulls are looking for complete basketball players, two-way players. That's what this team has been sorely lacking in recent seasons. It's a big part of the reason they're not a winning ball club yet, and Green really doesn't fit that mold. So to me, it makes sense that Casey predicts that he will be leaving also. 
I thought I had a Jim Boylan drop that is just him saying two way. He's a two way player. I thought he was talking about Adam Makoka, but I guess I don't have it anymore. Damn it. Yeah, that's uh, why you got to draw, you know, uh, draw, uh, call timeouts and draw a place for Makoka in, <laughs> late in the game when you're down by 30. My favorite video of him is just him standing there is like, what did you see? Well, we were, we were trying to get something for Makoka, and it's like, dude, are you fucking kidding me right now? But um, l- let's go through the rest of the roster, and we can talk through some of the more critical players, too. And obvious guys we won't talk about because we re- realize, like, Zach, we're, we're not even going to mention in this, but other players that maybe you have no idea about. We'll run through the rest of the list. But first, I want to tell people about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The NBA playoffs are in full swing. The NHL playoffs are in full swing. And you could track all of that at Bet Online. Get all the latest news and odds and info on the playoffs and even your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch or the next tip, go to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff runs and hopeful finals runs. Unfortunately, not for the Bulls, but uh, it's still fun to bet on all these first-round games. The NBA Finals are going to be fun to bet on as well, and you can do that at Bet Online. Head to their website, use the, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar has a flavor for everyone: coconut, coconut almond. Cherry and raspberry, if you like fruits in your protein bars. Mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and one of my favorites, salted caramel. They've got something for everyone. If you haven't tried all these flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each to try all the flavors and see which one or ones you like the best. Not only are these Built Bar flavors the best tasting on the protein bar market, they are healthy too. Packed with 17 grams of protein but only 130 calories, just four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. Head to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So quickly before we get to the more important ones as we wrap up this episode, like Denzel Valentine, gone. Uh, that's that's pretty obvious, Goodbye. correct? <laughs> Goodbye. Although I thought it was interesting, Casey did say he he predicts that Denzel will find himself a contract somewhere this summer. Oh, absolutely. I have no doubts about that. He'll go and bring his confidence, like maybe to South Beach or somewhere. He 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 will definitely be a rotation player, just not. Here. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch Denzel shacked in a fool moments where he is not wearing a Bulls jersey. It's going to be so much fun. The way things have trended recently, man, he's probably going to go somewhere and then end up like contending to be sixth man of the year or something like the way that we've talked about all these role players struggling to find their form and their role here in Chicago. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is good for Denzel himself. But yeah, yeah, I mean, thanks. But see you later. Hope hopefully God, if Denzel Valentine wins sixth man of the year at any point in his NBA career. I, I don't. I, I would be willing to. I'm trying to think of what I would not want to do. I, I would. I would sit here and say that the Wade signing was a good idea. 
if Denzel wins sixth man of the year, I will I will say that the Wade signing and the Jabari signing were both brilliant ideas. Uh, he, I will I, see. I'm not even going to say it. I don't want to say it because then I'm going to put it out there in the atmosphere and it's probably going to happen. Um, but yeah, what, good for like, him, like, man. I'll, like say you, you you get a Denzel Valentine tattoo somewhere on your body. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to I don't want to te- test the basketball gods right now. Um, so yeah, it's good for Denzel. See you later. Um, guys like Patrick Williams, obviously staying. Kobe White staying. Zach Levine staying. Nikola Vucevic staying. Let's talk a little bit about Tice. Let's talk about Garrett Temple. And let's talk about Sadoransky, too. Uh, let's start with Tice. I think that's the most important and intriguing for Bulls fans. Uh, surprisingly, to my surprise, Matt, and I think to yours, too, he Casey predicts that Tice will be going. Um, we talked about this yesterday a little bit, that he might be too expensive for the Bulls' tastes. As far as a player, I think this is going to have a huge impact if the Bulls can't find a solid replacement for his toughness and at a cheaper cost because Tice was important in in a lot of those Bulls wins in that second half he was he really was I mean I if if the Bulls decide that his price tag is too high and they can't compete with the other offers as he is going to be an unrestricted free agent and they say we we feel good about Vooch and Thad as our starting front court or you know maybe it's P-Dub playing the four and, and Vooch playing the five and, and you bring that off the bat. If if they could justify not needing to overpay Tice to stay around, I, I can make my peace with it if I feel confident that this team will have enough of that toughness factor without him. Because, man, and it's not just toughness. He does a lot of little things on both ends of the floor. I think he's he's actually a pretty smart playmaker and passer on the offensive end. The, he's at least a, a, a quasi threat that the you know opposing defense has to keep an eye on behind the the three point arc um, with with his three point shooting ability. He can crash the glass, and then obviously everything that he does on the defensive end, it it would hurt to lose him. But given the needs of this roster and his likely price tag. I, I get it that it, it's going to be really, really difficult to keep him. I'm with you, man. Uh, it's the Bulls can find other ways. Like I said yesterday, they can find other ways to replace the toughness. And if it, if the price is too high, they're not going to spend all their money. Cause I, I truly believe that their focus is going to be on the point guard. They're going to want all their resources to be able to allocate it towards that. Um, yeah. It, it, good for Tice. If he does go get a contract higher somewhere else, he's going to play a big role, a vital role for any team trying to compete. Uh, let's flip over to Garrett Temple really fast. Casey, but just, just really quick though, just really quick with the Celtics. I mean, if you're not planning on keeping Javante green and you're not planning on keeping Daniel Tice, what was the point of that trade? Just a, a half-season loaner for Tice? Uh, well, it was, you got to remember it was a three-way deal because they sent right. uh, Mo Wagner and you ended up getting Troy Brown. So the I guess the real key piece in that deal was Troy Brown, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, and you know, that's, that's certainly a piece that will likely be back next season. So if it was all of that just to, just to get Troy Brown, you know, I, I understand, but... Um, I just, I just really like Tyson. Want to keep him? <laughs> I know, I, I, but believe me, I get it. And and honestly, Mo Wagner hasn't played bad either. Like he he put up at the end of the season when he, I think he ended his 
his season this year with the Magic, and he had a couple games where he was dropping 15 or 20 too, but I think Troy Brown, whatever it is in AK and Mark Eversley, they see something in him. Uh, we didn't get to see it because he was injured for m- the majority of the time after trading for him, but I think a full season next year, I think that they see p- huge potential in him. He reminds me very much of like a... If I try to make the Denver comp, he reminds me very much of like a Will Barton, Tory Craig type of player that AK's tried to mold and has done very successfully with like that wing that can shoot threes and also get a bucket but play really solid defense. If that's if that's what AK's looking to do, I'm all in and Troy Brown Jr. still fits the timeline of all these sort of younger players, guys in their mid-20s, uh, guys that you can hopefully build as part of your core. So we'll see that if that ends up happening for Troy Brown. But does that make sense or... or or am I like is my expectations yeah. for what Troy Brown is too high? No, I think that makes sense. It's really unfortunate that he had that ankle injury because I really was looking forward to seeing him play meaningful minutes down the stretch. Um, and, and even if the Bulls, you know, playoff odds, you know, by uh, the you know the latter fifteen games or so were you know shrinking every day, maybe not meaningful in that sense, but just. Heavy minutes, good heavy minutes, so we can get a good look at this kid and see what um, what we have with this piece because he could provide good minutes at a couple of different positions where the Bulls could really use the help. So, you know, I, it, it's not like I don't think Troy Brown Jr. is going to come in and like you know change the world for the Bulls, but I do think he is a very useful piece that they need. He was better than the unplayable Chandler Hutchison, right? Like, that was sort of the point. Like, yeah, you were conceding. One man's trash, baby. <laughs> you were conceding a little bit on having to give up Daniel Gafford, but, like, it clearly would, what Donovan wants to build here, that doesn't seem to fit Gafford. And he went to a place that fits him perfectly, and he's been he's been playing really, really well for him. So excited for him. Hutchison, yeah, that was just moving a player that was basically filling up a roster spot. Like we were talking about, 12th or 15, just unplayable dudes, getting rid of those guys. Um, also, too, to your point, like about the Tice trade, too, even if you weren't excited about Troy Brown, is it fair to say, like, AK and Mark Eversley probably thought about that as a low risk? Hey, this is another example we could bring to Zach as we tried at the trade deadline to bolster the roster to make a playoff run. This was our effort, it just didn't work out. Not as expansive yeah. as the the Vooch trade, but obviously it was another little example of hey, we're trying to go get other rotation players to make an impact. Yeah, that that could have been an element to it as well. Um, last oh, so let's go to Garrett Temple. Um, Garrett Temple, his prediction. So Casey's prediction has Garrett Temple staying, and he's an unrestricted free agent. And he basically said I could see him or Archie staying, one of the two. I hope Garrett Temple stays, man. Like we've talked about all year, Garrett Temple and Thaddeus Young, I think have been two super important players on this team in terms of, I know we hate this word and brace yourself, but culture, like building a culture from the ground up of what Billy Donovan sees and what AK and Mark Eversley see. Uh, Those two guys I think were super important. It'd be nice to have him back. Hopefully another playoff contending team doesn't scoop him up because he would be phenomenal as a rotation piece for next year. Yeah, especially if the Bulls can keep him on the cheap. If Temple does want to stay here and see this through and and continue to help build the the culture of the organization and help the young kids along with Thad Young, I think he is a very valuable veteran. And I know some Bulls fans kind of ragged on him for his lack of contributions on the offensive end, uh, kind of after because he was hot at the at the onset this season. Then he, then he kind of cooled off as far as his shooting, but. 
man, his defense is needed. Um, and so I, I would be more than pleased if they find a way to keep Temple. I'm with you. Um, so two other guys quickly that we did not touch on uh, that still have sort of question marks. We'll leave the most important one for last, and we've talked about it a lot already. But uh, let's quickly touch on Thomas Adaransky. He's got a partial guarantee for $5 million. His contract is $10 million. Uh, Casey predicts that he's going to stay. I, I mostly agree with this, and I agree that it helps the Bulls. In K- it's their fallback plan if the summer doesn't turn out the way that they were hoping in landing a playmaking guard. At least you have a fallback plan until you can be a little bit more creative, whether it be trading back into the draft or even uh, even making a trade before the season starts or at the deadline. I think this is a fail-safe at a cheap cost. Um, what do you think about it? Yeah, I... I... Again, Sato to me is a, another player, maybe kind of like Aminu, and that Bulls fans were hoping, you know, not waving stretch like Aminu, but a, a guy that they could use the partial guarantee to free up some money to spend it elsewhere, uh, especially maybe on a, a point guard who could come in and maybe is an expensive point guard, but one that really elevates this team for next season. And, you know, I've been, I've been back and forth on the whole Sato versus Kobe thing. Loved to see what's what what Kobe did at the back end of the season, you know, kind of earning the starting job back, you know, and and yeah, I kind of agree with you in that like, dude, Sato's nothing special. Uh, he's he's a he's a backup, a, a fail safe, kind of like you said. In that, you know, he, he he can give you some, you know, you know what you're getting from him every night, which is pretty much you know, six points, five assists, maybe seven assists. Um, and it, and it doesn't matter if he's starting or coming off the bench. He gives you pretty much the same the same thing every night. So it's it's just interesting to see that Casey predicted that not only he is staying, but Thad is staying because I think most Bulls fans would have predicted that they would have they would use at least one of those guys' partial guarantees as a way to free up some money this summer, and and to to see a prediction that they both might be coming back especially if they are also committing to, at least in the short term, seeing what else they can get out of Kobe and seeing how Kobe can grow. And you're going to go out and target a, a, a point guard, potentially to be your starter in free agency or via trade. What, you know, does Sato then become your Archie, basically? And why are you paying him that kind of money to be third, fourth man in, the, in, in that rotation? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm just trying to think of, too, if maybe they think more highly of Kobe because of the second half that he had, especially the stretch he spent trying to be the main facilitator with Zach out. Um, I wonder, too, if it, if things have changed at all in terms of when they traded for Vooch and now wanting to run their system maybe more through a big, like the way that we've talked about, you know, like having Vooch rack up five, six, seven, eight assists on a night and, and being the main facilitator. I think all those are factors and... I think it shifts the conversation in terms of the importance of finding a playmaking point guard immediately in the offseason, um, at least from their perspective. That's what makes sense to me. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think Thomas Sadoransky, for the most part, is going to be a failsafe at a cheap cost because, again, the Bulls don't have that much money to spend, so they can't afford to either let him go, trade him away, and not get anything worthy enough to play in a rotation in return so uh last guy and this is just going to be kind of an open-ended one in in one that we're going to talk about until he actually signs somewhere but Lowry Markkinen 
Uh, so he's a restricted free agent, and uh, Casey has predicted that Lowry Markkinen is going to be leaving. Uh, this isn't really big surprise because I think there will be one team out there that is willing to give Lowry a decent chunk of money and bet on him still being able to be young and be able to develop him and maybe having a fresh start. Does that is that kind of where you've assumed things now, or what do you think in terms of what Lowry Markkinen is going to do this season or this off season? Yeah. I mean, uh, even as someone who, like you, Jordan, has been rooting for Lowry this whole time, um, just didn't see enough from him this season to to warrant signing him to a new deal, especially what we heard about their negotiations that didn't get anything accomplished last offseason that, you know, AK said, you know, we're going to talk with Lowry and his reps. We love Lowry. We want to get a deal done. And I didn't think it was likely. And if Lowry still thinks he's worth that kind of money, despite what we saw from him this season, the the Bulls front office, despite, you know, talking kindly about Lowry, despite Billy Donovan talking kindly about Lowry, um, and we had a recent episode where we, you know, went through all of that and said, well, yeah, they have reason to. They don't have reason to trash their player if there's a sign-and-trade possibility somewhere out there. I, I just don't see them spending big money on that guy if you've got Vooch, and you're going to keep Thad, and you've got this amazing young man in Patrick Williams playing that same spot. I, I mean, it all signs point to Lowry leaving, and I've already made my peace with that. I think Casey brings up a good point, too, in this, and he says, like, AK's not going to pay $15, $16 million for a player that it seems like Donovan has sort of made a reserve and not a great fit next to Vooch and again we we're not sure what the long-term play with Vooch is uh, but at least right now in terms of trying to trying to take the next step and and, and prove to Zach that you're you're on a winning path and it gets to, the, to that next step in making the playoffs I just don't see it spending a ton of money and that makes a lot of sense like the role that Lowry plays after they made the trade could easily be filled by a guy like Bobby Portis you know, a, a cheap, big coming off the bench that is a fire score. And it doesn't, I'm just bringing Bobby Portis up as an example. Uh, but a player like that, I th- think the Bulls feel confident that they can find somebody, if not in free agency for cheap, they still got, we talked about, we still got a second round pick at number 38. So they could use that too. Yeah. Um, and then the other element here is speaking of tall, you know, stretch force that came from overseas. Their second round pick from last year's draft, Marco Simonovic, who's been playing pretty well this past season for his uh, his team over in Europe. And AK saying at some point in his end of season comments that, yes, he is very much in their plans. Um, not just like, hey, we're going to draft this guy from Europe and then never actually bring him over. Um, he, you know, AK said he's part of the plans. Um, whether or not that starts next season, we'll find out. But there is yet another player who's playing Lowry's position. I don't have the answer to this question, but if they bring him over, can they sign him to a two-way deal, or does he have to be on a guaranteed contract then? That's a good question. Because I mean, not- as, as, as a player who was drafted, I would assume they have to be on. Uh, uh you know what? That's that's a good question. Because I'm thinking about it, like maybe you just get the draft rights to him, and when he decides to declare for the NBA 
then that's your opportunity to sign him. But I don't know. I'll have to ch- we'll have to check on it. But I don't know for sure if you have to guarantee him like a roster spot and a contract or if it's just, hey, you get the opportunity to talk to him. And if you don't want him, then he goes into the free agency pool. But that would make me think that if he's still a long-term project, Bulls could use a two-way contract on him, and that'd be great. He'd yeah. be with the Windy City Bulls, and he'd be right there, and you could move him back and forth. So that would be... That would be an I, yeah, ideal I would, situation. I would assume they do have that option because we've seen the Bulls send players that they drafted to the Windy City Bulls for stretches of games at various points. So I, I would assume that that's certainly possible for him as well. I'm just I'm very confident in what A can can do with his second round picks. So I, I think that's something not to uh, undervalue as a Bulls fan too. Is just realize you mean the one that's about to be named MVP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. If there's any any example greater than that, there it is right there. And like, too, we don't even talk about like he was part of the process of getting Gobert, and he was the part of the process of developing and seeing Nurkic through before he dealt him and had to make the decision on him or Jokic. Um, Fascinating, and and that's a position of strength for AK in terms of scouting and being able to develop with a bunch of examples. So I, I would tell Bulls fans, don't be worried. Um, but it'll be an interesting conversation leading up to free agency and deciding ultimately what the Bulls do and what Lowry does. Um, but anybody else we're missing? Anybody that we really crucially need to be talked about? I think we've pretty much summed it up, no? Yeah, I think that covers all the bases. So as we anticipated, if if everything along those predictions are are true, give or take, you know, maybe one player, that means that AK and Eversley are going to have a lot of roster spots to uh, to decide how to spend the money, how to how to build uh, a more competitive supporting cast around around Zach and Vooch next season, and I'm excited to see what they do. I think one of the topics of, uh, leading up to the draft is something that we need to talk about is to maybe AK and Mark Eversley trying to trade trade for picks back, the ones that they did give up uh, here. If the free agency route is looking more and more unlikely or unsure to them, how they could get creative with that as well. Um, but that's a conversation throughout the offseason we'll have leading up to the draft and to free agency. If you want to give your thoughts on, on any of the players that we talked about, your opinions, we welcome them. 331-979-1369, our text and voicemail line. You can drop us a text, a voicemail whenever you're listening to this show. 331-979-1369. We're going to go live on Locker Room in just a little bit. If you can't catch us and you're listening to this a little bit late and be, and you're like, damn, I didn't see them go live on Locker Room. It's okay. Our episode will be our live full Locker Room on Friday, so catch it there. Make sure you're subscribed to our show wherever you get your podcasts. A little bit of a note. We didn't n- note this um, over the last couple of days, but I know Apple Podcasts is still trying to fix whatever issues they're having with updating the feeds constantly and fast so if you do see that you're not getting some of our episodes we didn't go away obviously uh go check it on another platform whether it be spotify audit the odyssey app if you download the odyssey app our episodes are there immediately as well so uh if you don't see our podcasts on apple go and make sure you check other feeds or check our twitter feed too uh, and we will have updates there as well. So uh, with that, for Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley. Bulls Nation, have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.